What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, and you are now listening to Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alo Aaron Lloyd. <laughs> you got stupid. Uh, uh, <laughs> BPF edition for the first time in a long time. So I'm joined by Egg Two Fly, Eric Trembicki, and Josh Prepagina. Gentlemen, how are we to doing tonight? Marvelous, marvelous. How are we doing, boys? Oh, I'm trying to be as good as Alo right now. <laughs> That's not that great, but um, long week. This whole COVID stuff is ridiculous, especially at work. And uh, hope you guys are all doing well. So before we get into everything else, so uh, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Also check out our YouTube page where our interviews are up there. I also had a sit-down interview with Amber Nova this past week, which is a lot of fun. I beat myself up because if you guys listen to it or not, there was a part where uh, she talked about that she had interactions with, with Triple H and Stephanie, and I didn't elaborate on that. I kind of beat myself up on it after the fact. Because you know, as you know, Triple H is my goat, so I'm upset that I didn't elaborate on that one. So go check that out. A lot of fun interview. And guys, I'm not sure if you guys checked up on it while we we were waiting to record, but have you guys watched Dynamite tonight? Uh, I see all about 75 percent of it. Prep. No, I spent about an hour trying to set my camera up and it uh didn't work obviously i'm on my laptop camera so <laughs> okay so we'll get into double nothing a lot next week but we're going to run down for the new things that we have that we know is going to happen so officially mike tyson is presenting the winner of the tnt championship nyla rose and hikaru shida are going to fight for the women's title Britt baker is going to face chris statlander Private parties on face best friends determine normal contenders for the tag titles, and the Casino Royal ladder match that we learned about last week. As of now, we have Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, and just announced around 9:30 is the Stadium Stampede match between the Elite and the Inner Circle. So, it, Dynamite has been strange throughout the whole time because they've been taped a lot a lot of time during this whole pandemic so they're, they're back to live for the next couple of weeks and i gotta say they're doing a great job of building up this car in a two to three week time span so what are you guys thoughts on this match these matches i just announced and eric you weren't here last week what about your thoughts on what happened last week and what we're going to get that was announced last week I, i've just been overall happy with everything they've been doing uh in my opinion yeah they you know they did the right thing, try to, for health reasons, do some uh, pre-recorded weeks. But I haven't had a good, uh, I haven't been doing a good job at catching the past three weeks' episodes. Um, I would either try to social media them or catch some YouTube clips. Um, just again, with this, everything going on, just trying to focus um, those Wednesday evenings with Valentina and a little bit more of what she wants to do. Um, meanwhile, those same three weeks, I caught myself by myself at, Monday night raw time, put it on and I get 20 minutes through it. And I'm just like, I'm not going to miss anything. And I stop watching it. So the thing I have enjoyed about what I've seen with the product, they've been doing a great job of delivering a good, good product, keeping it entertaining. Um, I, this Mike Tyson announcing the, the winner of the, um, you know, giving the belt to the winner of the TNT championship match. I think that is something exciting, especially something to be doing involving such a, 
huge star while all this pandemic is going on grabbing a great outside of the wrestling business character uh, especially someone that's been in and out of the wrestling world for the past 22 years uh, i'm excited about that i'm really interested i must have missed the um stadium stampede announcement but definitely looking forward to it and i have no doubt in my mind that this double or nothing will deliver Yeah, AEW continues to be different in their match announcements and kind of harping back to nostalgia on certain things like Stadium Stampede. Like, you got to believe that it's like false count anywhere, all over the building, like nuttiness that uh, obviously is going to work. It's they uh, they do great with that that stuff. And then um, that casino casino battle royale like ladder match sounds fire with the participants that are in it right now. Like you got two comedy wrestlers and two like high flyers. It's, it sounds like nuts. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, my early pick to win that match is Darby Allen. Cause they're kind of teasing something with him and Taz as well. So that's my early person. I, th- I think going to win. Now we're going to get a lot to that next week. So something happened on Monday night. So, uh, Congrats to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Seth looking as elated as I will when I find that out one day throughout the month on Monday night. <laughs> um, <laughs> any thoughts about Seth and Becky and her pregnancy? Um, congrats. Happy for them. I thought the opening segment with Asuka and Becky was awesome. I thought they did a real good job um, with how they delivered that. Um, I, you know, as a fan, I've had suspense in a couple different directions on how they're going to play this out. I'm like, okay, is Becky walking out with the briefcase? Cause she's going to say the championships in the back. I can come back with this whenever I want. And then when, you know, the, it's, it's actually coming up, I'm like, Oh, the belt's in there. The belt's in there. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I like the little turn with Oscar turning baby face segment was really good. I'm not really sure exactly what they're doing with Seth. Which actually is not a bad thing. Um, you know, him showing he looked like me with a hangover at some point, and then he was showing <laughs> compassion for Ray after assaulting him. Um, it's one of the more interesting things that they're doing over in New York right now. Yeah, uh, the whole Becky Lynch, like, her promo was really impassioned, and, like, my only issue with it was Asuka, like, dancing around. Like, I get it. Like, you're crazy, but, like, come on. Like, if I were you, I'd just, like, grab the title, like, and keep that. Like, I don't think she had to turn babyface. Like, um, that threw me off. I think the line at the end was perfect, saying, you go be a warrior, I'll be a mother. Um, and then the whole thing with Seth. It was kind of confusing from, like, Sunday night to Monday night. But uh, I don't know. There's me and Jen watched. Don't even ask why. We watched, like, the worst show on Netflix called Messiah one time. And, like, he kind of had that You're such a mark. You don't say. This was, like, way oh, really? before okay. he even came. To, yeah. He, like, he had, like, that same demeanor because the guy just wouldn't say anything and just, like, walk and, like, wouldn't talk. Um but then I liked that he snapped. Like, and all it take, took was, like, one hit. Like, he only moved once, and that's when he caught eyes with Aleister Black. And then, like, when Ray like, hit him in the nuts, that was pretty, like, out of character for Ray. 
<laughs> yeah, the one thing I got to give him kudos for is I'm glad that they didn't bring Seth out. Because it's like, that would have broke character, especially, and we wouldn't have gotten, like, this broken Seth that we got this past Monday Night on Raw, and that seems to be his character moving forward. So I'm glad that they didn't do that. The Oscar thing, dancing around, like, she just did something, like, before she was awarded the title, I was like, eh, I can, I could have won without that, you know, but it was a legit reaction of, like, she, nobody knew that Becky was actually pregnant. And that's something, that's interesting to me, too, because, like, we always wonder and have these thoughts about these women because, like, a lot of these women, they wrestle forever. And a lot of them, we wonder, like, do they want to have families? Are they even able to have kids? And you think about, like, Trish, for example. She retired in 2006, and she that's when she turned 30. She got married, started her family. Lita retired the same year, doesn't have kids, or, or and she's not married. Mickey James was pregnant and continued her career. The Bell Twins re-retired. Well, and um, had Birdie. Nikki's now pregnant after retiring in 2018. And like we have current stars, for example, like for example, Becky's 33 and engaged. Charlotte's 34 and engaged. Bailey's 30 and engaged. Sasha's 28 and married. And you always wonder when are they ever going to like hang up the boots and actually start families. Yeah, I think Becky. This was this was a surprise for me. But the one thing that we haven't brought up that I thought was perfect was Shane. Oh, that was excellent. Just, that was excellent. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was excellent. Like, she laid into everybody. Like, whoever's writing her script, they're getting away with a lot. That was great. Christ. So that baby's going to suck. Look who, look who the dad is. I thought that was perfect. I love so, every second of that. The thing about with how good she is and with what she's doing, they really don't have, like, a strong baby face if Becky's out of the picture. So that's why I feel like it makes sense to have a good baby face of Asuka to kind of be the, the counter to to uh, Shayna. Because at this point, Shayna can just rip through everyone if the title was vacant and she would just grab the belt immediately. Another reason I think that the dancing, I guess, didn't bother me is I, I think I read in a dirt sheet somewhere that I guess Vince absolutely is in love with Asuka and what she's been doing for the product during this crowdless period where, you know, whether she's on commentary and she's speaking stuff that, you know, the majority of the American listeners aren't understanding is helping break the silence that you're not, you're getting from the crowd. Yeah. You know, I love like the whole, when a performer speaks their native language. So for me, like, I do like her character when she, like, talks Japanese and, like, kind of goes off on people. But, like, the dancing and, like, stuff like that, that's that's the one thing that throws me off. Like, I wish she was just, like, a killer. Like, be, like, talk Japanese and, like, be crazy and just, like, kill people. You don't have to, like, dance around and, like, smack your butt. Like, that's just, like, but I do enjoy the character in the one sense like her her uh commentary is great it's just like the dancing that kills me yeah it's safe to say that she's basically going to be facing that moving forward after whole whole reaction of becky being pregnant and we can we're going to assume that the kabuki war is over at this point but with becky being pregnant and mary said she's 33 and she's going to be gone for a while what do you guys think her legacy is that she left behind the man <laughs> The man, undefeated Raw Women's Champion, uh, first ever SmackDown Women's Champion, 
the only four horsewoman not to win the NXT title. And then if you look at her main roster run, she didn't need it. Yeah, she really, like, changed the game. She made, like, yes, there was the women's revolution and all that stuff. But, like, she, if you think about it, like, everything that she did surpassed anything that the women's revolution yep. did. Like, mm-hmm. main eventing, like, when Sasha and and Charlotte main evented that pay-per-view, like, nobody really, like, like, it was cool. It was, like, a novelty, but... Like it was cool for the hardcore fan, but like yeah, but like think about think try to think back to it. Like what do you remember from it? Nothing. But like Becky's run, like even before she got bloodied up, she was awesome. Like leading up to that, and then that just like pushed her over the edge. Now they botched the WrestleMania match by adding Charlotte, but like they still. Like, she was still able to overcome all that and still stay on top, you know, crush merch sales, uh, and really turn over from wrestling to being, like, a mainstream act. Yeah, I agree. Like, she left. she's leaving a great legacy behind. Like, for example, you talked about the main and triple threat. Now, granted, it wasn't a main event. It wouldn't have main evented if Ronda wasn't there. But the fact that Becky is the last image that she'll have of that show of holding up two belts is going to live on forever and you talked about it too the whole the whole man creation it was by accident kind of because remember they were that was supposed to be a heel thing but the crowd was cheering for becky they didn't they wanted none of charlotte because remember i remember at summerson that was supposed to be her heel turn after charlotte won the title but the crowd was on becky's side and she basically accomplished almost everything you can she she ran through everybody throughout the past year and some change and the only thing she literally left on the table was the whole Nia Jax feud, which we probably possibly would have got if she wasn't pregnant. But I think she's going to leave like a great legacy forever because of just what that whole man, the first, especially the first initial four to five months, what the man actually was was fantastic. Like the whole bloody nose thing, the the promo with Edge, if you guys remember, a lot of that mic work, yeah, yeah. all that, all that was great stuff, and all that stuff, like Prep said. That topped anything that WWE did on Raw and SmackDown for the revo- for the women's revolution. Yeah, like that was such a joke. Like I'm telling you, look back at like I'm telling the listeners, look back at like that women's revolution run. What do you remember from that? Like, I like, remember. Well, I remember personally. I, I remember the early Sasha and Charlotte matches, but other than that, that's about it. Yeah, because if you think about it, the women like they always say like the women's revolution started on NXT, but you can't technically count that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like they got moved up because that like whole like give divas or whatever it was like the women's revolution. They were trying to push it, so they brought them all up at once except Bailey, and it like think back to that, it like kind of flopped. Yeah, it did flop. It did. They it was put great them the all first in, run, but it in factions, and it was so whack. But, like, what Becky did, she made it so organic. And then they brought, like, women's tag titles, which, you know, I'm not saying that they're good. But, you know, they were trying, you know, at that point to give women more things. They didn't do that for the women's revolution. Anything, Eric? No, I'm just, I'm not on my head. Cause it's 100%. I agree with everything. I mean, obviously, like, I love that they brought the the women's tags but like perhaps i'm not saying it's a good thing because they don't do the right thing with the men's tags um but 
I think in, you know, you fast, you fast forward a year from now, you look back at everything that's been done in the five, six year span of the women's revolution for the main roster. Becky Lynch is at the focal point of the majority of it, except for what you already mentioned, Aaron, those early Sasha and Charlotte uh, Raw women's title matches. So what's your favorite Becky match? Favorite Becky match? Um, I'm not good at pulling one of them off the top. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go first. Mine is still her versus Sasha on NXT Unstoppable. I still think that's her best match. Uh, okay, and so, so naturally, I'm only thinking like main roster. I'm trying to think like I feel like some of her like early SmackDown Women's Title stuff with um, Alexa Bliss weren't bad. I know she had they had some matches like on pay per views that were cut short. But I know they had like a women's title match that was on SmackDown that was pretty good. Um, they had that bad finish table spot. Um, yeah, again, it's like this time of night. I'm not good at racking my brain for a loose match like that. But she's she's someone where like, and it's a bad comparison, but she's someone like the Attitude Era where it's not really about the matches. It's like the memories. Like, you know, I, I'll, you're always going to remember her with the bloody nose, leaving Raw. You're always going to remember the the promos, uh, her going at Cena uh, when when what was it? Oh, her right, and yeah. her and Cena. Who who they who they tag against? Carmella uh, and Stop? No, Carmella and Ellsworth mm, or Miz was. I remember. Was I remember. But I, they, I you know, she had that it. awesome segment with Cena. Um, you you'll have the the Royal Rumble spot. She oh, made yeah. me bread. <laughs> I, I I owe her like just for that. Um. What's it called? Dude, she lost the SmackDown Women's Championship. What? Money in the Bank. Yeah, yeah. she lost it to Charlotte, and then mm-hmm. Charlotte got cashed on Bailey. Uh, she, you know, had double duty. Uh, but yeah, it's really the, the moments with her. Yeah, I guess there was. Oh, a... I, I'm sorry. My favorite match may be this, and I'm always going to be biased because I was in attendance. The the mixed tag Extreme Rules last year in Philly. Oh, okay. That was actually a pretty that, good match. That um that double uh frog splash spot outside mm-hmm. the ring? Seth on the, the the um ring post, she on the turnbuckle. I'm mad like I, like not knocking Corbin because I like him. I'm mad I'm putting Lacey Evans in one of my favorite matches. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a match, like he said, I'm bad with dates. But I remember there was a match with her and Charlotte that like was so close to being like overcoming like Bailey Sasha. I think at the time recency bias like I was like, "Oh, I think this is my favorite women's match ever." Was it the last man standing in evolution? I I would I was just about to say, "Didn't you you guys didn't like that, did you?" I did. I, I believe I, I did. I remember liking that. I, I remember liking that match, but I feel like when the review on it, I was probably the bigger fan of it. Or I don't know if there was because of botches, but some maybe it was the internet. Some, somewhere didn't like it, and I was like, oh, I thought it was good. Because they had the the chair pile up, and I love gimmick matches. So. <laughs> All right, yo, so. prep's gonna be prep, but you guys get to look at my awesome display while I'm gone. I'll be back. <laughs> Keep it rolling, <laughs> as we do. All right, so while prep's away from the camera, all right, we're going to get to Money in the Bank. And if you haven't been with us before, we're going to play for your rating system. It's sexual, baby. And I want to 
give it all to you. The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slumber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a showstopper. All right, thank you, Howard. All right, P. So, Money in the Bank. I thought it interesting because this was only this show was only less than this show was less than three hours long. It was over. It was by, less than two and a half, I think. Yeah, it was. It, it was over by it was at least like, nine forty-five. So I thought that yeah, was. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting, and I'll I'll let you take this one first. So what are your what is your uh, review for Money in the Bank? I'm going to give it a slobber knocker. I, uh, you know, it's a positive slobber knocker. Um, I, I'll go with, I'm not going to bury it because it's short, because when the pandemic's not going on, we complain all year long about WWE shows being too long. And Monday Night Raw is too long every week. And they give us something nice, little short and sweet. Um, some of the content I really enjoyed. I have minor nitpicks as we normally uh, do, and we'll get to that. What was your th- your take? Well, I'll give it a slobber knocker as well. Like I said, nine forty five. That was by, at least it was over by nine forty five at the latest. That was a that was shocking to me because Prep was talking about maybe the Money in the Bank match would be at least an hour long, but it wasn't even that. So, no. but the whole selling point of the every money, every every wrestler didn't even make it to the ring. <laughs> that is true. So. The whole selling point for this whole pay-per-view was the money in the bank climbed the corporate ladder at Titan Tower. And if people are really complaining about this, I don't know what the hell you expected because this was basically supposed to be a rat race anyway. But first thing at first, 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 Carmella, my God, Gorilla. I got to get that out the way first. But it was supposed to be cheesy. It, it was supposed to be ridiculous, supposed to be over the top, supposed to be silly. And I said this in a group text before he eventually won. But Otis stole the damn show. Before he the did. match before the match starts, he's in the weight rooms yelling, "Sex and reps, sex and reps." And you'll appreciate this too. After I saw Otis hold up the money in the bank briefcase, you know what I thought of, right? And me naked. Randy. Your oh, <laughs> 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 I, 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 I was dying hysterically. Like, oh my god, that is Randy. Oh my god, I. Listen, you guys never saw Randy, but he's Otis. It was, oh, it was perfect. So. For, for for the listeners at home, this is a, a large gentleman, very very large. He's he's built like Otis. That was good. I, I, big pop for that. With the short hands, so good. Um, and I thought the cameos. At Titan Tower were fun because it's everybody you expect to see. Bruce Pritchard, um, as Brother Love, Stephanie, Heyman, um, the fake Doink the Clown. I love the whole Vince spot. Like, you better get the hell out of my office. And the fact I didn't like the fake Doink. I, I was like, who the hell is this? And I'm like, well, like, have we seen Doink characters since Mania 18? No. I was like, might have been on an old school Raw maybe, but I was like, who the hell is this? He looked terrible. But like the whole Vince spot in Vince's office and like AJ and Brian kind of like I putting it back. It. I, I love that whole part. And then Vince with the hand sanitizer afterwards. I thought that was fun. So if anything, like one of my complaints is like, yeah, like I wish all the wrestlers or if there's 12 total, how about 10 or 11 
make it to the to the top of the building and one missing or like i feel like there was four or more that didn't make it to the top yeah, carmelo didn't make it to the top dana brooke didn't a- um, aj didn't aj did because he did to daniel i think daniel did i know corbin threw alistair and ray off the off the building but AJ was the AJ lost the briefcase, and if that's how it felt, yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. But true, I thought, true, I, thought true, it was, true. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I gotta say, and if anything, I wanted more of the goofy stuff. But yeah. again, like that's that's a positive complaint. Like I wish I like they went to Vince's office. I wanted them to go to Hunter's office. Yeah, like the whole the whole like. Uh, I think Otis, she threw the barbell on AJ, and AJ couldn't get up, and Ray wouldn't help her pick it up. Uh, Dana Brooke doing only what Dana Brooke can do. Only person that can then, sell that. A secondary nitpick, and like I get it, it's pro wrestling. You gotta protect your opponent. But like Otis, who's this massive guy, picks up this this you know large barbell and brings it down and lays it on top of AJ. And I'm like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> isn't there a way he could have protected? Him? Like I don't know. I'm sure there's a stunt they could have did where they could have just dropped it and it didn't have to be like gently placed on him. And then aside from that. The camera work between Dana Brooke and Stephanie was so it bad. Was great. It, I, I love I love that whole thing. Like she was like Dana, this is the Money in the Bank meeting. <laughs> yeah, but it was so off the obvious that Stephanie wasn't there. <laughs> At least like Vince yeah. was in there with the hand sanitizer. Like oh, that, that, that was a pretty yeah. You know I. Speaking of Vince, I gotta say this whole COVID thing must be stressing him out because he looks awful. I'm sorry, he does not look good at all. That ain't nothing new. (laughs) He's it's it's getting worse and worse every time we see him. And the rest of the card, like it was okay. Um, I'll get the McIntyre and Rollins a little bit. I can care less about the tag titles, but I do think McIntyre and Rollins. They really yo, Grandma Lee put on a clinic. I, I I just matter of fact. I'll bring this up. I'm done talking in a bit. In, in a second, I thought McIntyre and Rollins. I thought they killed it. I wish they had a crowd because I think that could have been like a sleeper for a match of the year candidate if they had a crowd. Bray and Braun was basically built to continue to be a continued feud, and we have to look forward to see what we get from that. But as far as the whole tag team thing, have you listened to the Revolt on Jericho's show? Yes. Okay, so I listened to it today, and. I thought it was really, yesterday and it's fire. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a good show. Great like, one thing I like, I love that they were professional about everything, and I didn't hate the idea of that gimmick that went around. The pictures look terrible, but the idea of it is actually pretty intriguing, and it actually made sense to me. The fact that I love the I love the fact that it, it's a asinine thing, and they they said, "Hey, we'll do it, but we're not signing unless you're actually gonna." care about the tag division yeah mm-hmm. the t- the, you know they're 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 not me they're not marks for the titles they're you know they're professionals and they care about what they do they're tag team wrestlers and they care about that yeah and, 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 so, and I can't so they're they're gonna they're gonna burn some toast they're gonna leave some um clouds in the sky until we see them soon yeah and i can't knock them for it you know they handled everything professionally and like i said i didn't hate the idea of what they wanted them to do because it was basically like you guys don't care about the tag team division so I'm, you like clowns so we're basically going to dress up as clowns like that whole idea of it actually made sense did it look terrible absolutely but i thought it was a great sit down interview with the revolt i highly recommend everybody listening to it and 
going down to Rollins and McIntyre, like I said, I thought it was a great match. I thought they had told an excellent story of McIntyre showing that he's actually ready to be the champion. I thought he had great exchanges, especially the, the ending portion of it when Drew finally hit the, the Claymore. And the show of respect, I thought, was great. And Rollins showing up broken on Monday night, basically, and destroying Rey Mysterio. I'm interested to see what we're going to get from Seth Rollins out from that. That's all real thoughts I have on that match. What are your thoughts? Um, it, it is what it is. I mean, it didn't blow me away. Um, and again, you could be right. It could be one of those things that they had a crowd. Um, I may sound like a bitter wrestling fan. It was one of those things. It's like, all right, McIntyre just won the title at Mania. He defended it after slash the next night against Big Show. Uh, he's got that one defense under his belt. He's about to retain it again against Rollins. I kind of already knew that happening. Um, I've seen this match, but them in different roles. Um, you know, Rollins being Intercontinental Champion babyface, McIntyre being Ziggler's heavy. You know, they're, they're just flipping roles, and I just knew it's, it's, a, it's a filler feud until his, where McIntyre goes next. I was surprised by the whole um, show of respect. I anticipated uh, Rollins to, you know, spit on him or, you know, fall out or his goonies to show up. None of that happened. So I don't necessarily get the point of the handshake unless this is part of a new character, him all broken. I don't really know if I like then also the broken things kind of annoying because he's only been doing this Messiah thing for like two months. I feel like no, he's been uh, he's been doing it since around December, November. So he's had he's been doing it a while. I'm not sure. All right, well, with the the new theme music and like the, the new, new theme music, the new the new theme music started on the pay per view. That's the first time the music played. The Messiah thing, I think that's been going on since maybe around January. Because I remember when that, when that shirt first came out, it was still with the crowds around. But it, yeah, it, I still look at it as five months in. I wish it was still going for a little while. Yeah, and the thing is, like the fact that there's no crowd, it's I don't know if I'm not sure if it's gonna hurt the development of the character because. I think he'll need a crowd to see his for his reactions. Like maybe if they show vignettes of him like being broken or whatever, or so hurt that he lost the title match, I think that'll be interesting. But we'll see when they we'll see. And then I'm not sure if you saw, but the the wild card rules back where they renamed it to like what is it, the brand Invitational or something like that. So yeah, it starts basically with uh, McIntyre wanting a match against Corbin. And I mean, if anything, like I see that uh, that could end up being a, a two-month program. I don't necessarily see that being a one-off. Uh, well, I'm not sure because like Galloway, he... because Cor- Cor- Corbin's like the one of the uh, most over heels, and as far as like you know, legitimate, and we're not gonna. He's he's not dethroning. I I I wasn't on the preview show for Money in the Bank, but I didn't see him beating I didn't see him being beating uh, or winning the briefcase and cashing in on SmackDown because he wasn't gonna beat Braun. So if he would have won it, it would have made sense for him to go to Raw, cash in or McIntyre. You fast forward all this time later, all makes a little more sense to me now. Yeah, cause like McIntyre, he's had a thing with Andrade Zelina Theory and uh Angel Garza, so it's interesting to see like are they next eventually? Is Andrade Andrade finally gonna get a championship match? Even though he keeps he keeps losing to McIntyre. So I'm not sure who the next person is online for him. And then at the same time, we have four more weeks until backlash on June fourteenth. So 
So we'll see where that goes. Now, something else for something else we have Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Me and Prep talked about this last week about it being shot theatrically. It wasn't, but it was pre-taped for Bray's puppets. So, what were your thoughts on Bray Wyatt and Braun? I enjoyed it. I thought they, I, honestly, I thought it over-delivered. Um, I, I had low hopes for it, especially with the empty arena. Um, I enjoyed the use of the puppets. I enjoyed um, the black sheep moments during the match. Uh, I thought it was fun. I didn't think they would be able to find a nice way to drag this out so we could see it again, and they found a way. Yeah, I thought they did. I'm not a good... excited for it, but they're they're doing they're doing the right they're do, they found a right way to make it make sense. Yeah, I thought they're doing a good job, basically setting up a continuation to this whole thing because of the whole fact of, for example, like the puppets were there. Puppets were there. I think the puppets played a nice role in it, especially with Braun teasing the return of the black sheep and Bray Bray screaming yes and. The puppets cheering him on too, and then Braun would eventually turn on him, and then you got the look of on Bray's face, and the fiend cutscenes after Bray would eventually lose to Braun. I thought that was great. I'm interested to see where they go from here, and if they even tease the Black Sheep, I hope they don't go anywhere near a Funhouse match because that needs to be held spe- on special occasions. Can they do it with Braun? Yes, but do they need to? No. But I'm interested to see where they go from there, and. There is not much else here because they kept this card real low. So Bailey versus Tamina, Bailey's going to retain the title. And like I said, WWE, they tried here. I, th- I didn't think they did a bad job, but once again, yeah. they're dragging this Sasha and Bailey thing out again. And I pray that actually some- something actually happens this time. So what are your thoughts on this match? I, I thought the match kind of over-delivered. Um, you know, I've been hopeful for Tamina a few times. I like the, the water spot. Ba- Bailey does a great job of talking in the ring during these empty arena matches. Um, good job as a heel. I think basically what we're getting with Sasha and Bailey is it's almost that New Day effect. Like everyone wants New Day to break up, and their thoughts are, why do we have to break up? Everyone wants Sasha and Bailey to turn on each other, and it's like, well, that happened in NXT. Why do they got to do it here? I'm guessing that's their theory. I'm kind of just, you know, if it happens, it happens. I, I can never even think about it now because I, I don't know how many times during this show I predicted it was going to happen, and we were back here the next week, and it didn't happen. Yeah, we've been going about this for four years, the whole the, the entire time that they've been on the main roster. But th- this might be the clearest that we had that we're actually going to get a feud, but like I said, there's so much stop and, stop and go with these two as far as having a feud. Like, was it last year or two years ago when they looked like they was – Going to have them be in love or something like that, and yeah. It, it's just it's just disappointing because like they have money on the table. Like like CM Punk said, Vince is a millionaire who should be a billionaire, and that's one of the things that I think he, Vince is they're leaving on the table. Go ahead. Speaking of disappointing, there was a, a segment from the pay per view that didn't properly carry over to Raw. Um, the open opening match. No, I guess it was a filler match. I'm sorry. Um, we got the R-Truth MVP slash R-Truth Lashley match. Yeah. And then we led to that great segment in the back where R-Truth wants to get his baby back. And then that just led to R-Truth in a six-man tag the next next night. And I don't think I saw all of Raw, so correct me if I'm wrong. There was no more me- mention of his baby back, correct? I don't recall. The only thing I recall is that there's a six-man tag team match, and he was teaming up with the uh, the two-fly crew. Okay, 
Yeah, so I think yeah, I'm, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the 24-7 title coming back from uh, off of Gronk and uh, being a focal point on Monday Night Raw again somewhere with uh, Mr. Ron Killings ASAP, sooner than later. Yeah, and a couple of quick things that also happened on Raw. Edge and Randy Orton, they both returned. They did an interview with Charlie, and they're going to have a good old wrestling match at Backlash. Any thoughts on Edge and Orton again? Um, Orton, Orton was really good on the mic here. I wish Pass was here to talk about that because he wouldn't have watched it. I, I, I don't care. I don't care about this segment or this match at all. Like, obviously, I'm going to watch it. But Orton said, "Hey, we had a false count anywhere match, or was it a last man standing? I'm sorry, I can't last remember." So they had a last man standing match. He came back at the Royal Rumble. It's not really a wrestling match. He's like, you haven't had a wrestling match in nine years. So he poses the question, and as a pro wrestling fan, oh, what will Edge do in a wrestling match? So that helps sell it. And if it wasn't because of the job Orton uh, performed that that evening, I don't know how much I would care. I, I would care zero. I care now two and a half percent. Or a scale of one to ten. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, if there was a crowd, fine. But now, with no crowd, we had the last man standing match. I personally think it should be over. But the fact that there's no crowd in just a regular match, it's not going to really do anything for me personally. As much as I love Edge, I don't think it's going to do anything at all. And also, we on Raw, we had the return of the Iconics, and they end up beating Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and they're going to challenge for them, challenge them next week for the tag titles. Any thoughts on that? I'm looking forward to that. I mean, we haven't really seen the Iconics, I feel like, since they lost the belts. Yeah, they've been out uh, for they lost some the, time. Yeah. yeah, They lost the belts. You never saw them. Um, so I'm all for them getting the rematch. I'm all for the titles being defended more than anything else. Uh, I wouldn't care if the title changed because, uh, I mean, I guess then we would have two different two-time women's tag champs. But it could almost be one of those things where they could be, you know, having matches back and forth every week. I just – let's have – have women's tag matches and let's have the women's champions be on the other side of or one side of the ring. Yeah, and I think that they're how they're, crazy is that? Yeah, and I think the iconics. I think they'll benefit from no crowd as well because a lot of their humor is like dry humor. You know, like like we find it funny, but like the crowd, like you could hear like a a, a pin drop because sometimes they don't get it or they don't react to it. And yeah. I think the Iconics, I think they can actually get around with no crowd. Because like we find them entertaining, but I don't think they really really like transition with a lot of the fans and the crowds. Yeah, I think it's definitely, you got to be that hardcore fan or you have to already have been a fan from them, from uh, NXT stuff to, to really get what they're doing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still waiting for women's tag title figure belts, by the way. You need them for your elites, huh? Yes, I do. So, uh, like I said, Money in the Bank, it was pretty short, pretty sweet. Not much came out of it. By the way, what do you think? But, but, but I didn't get your thoughts. What do you think of Otis holding the briefcase? I didn't really ask you about that. I was in awe for a solid <laughs> 20 minutes. Um, I'm all for a surprise. I, I do like the guy. Um, I'll give my early theory, and I hope this is true. Supposedly, before the match aired, he he said in an interview, 
Um, he makes the claim in an interview when he asks, what, what are your thoughts of the Money in the Bank ladder match and your possible chances of winning? So the chances of him winning and him saying that if he wins, what he would cash it on, the Universal Championship or the WWE Heavyweight title, uh, supposedly he made a claim saying that he would cash in for tag team championships because there's nothing that says he, uh, you can't do that. Um, too often they're breaking up tag teams and there really is not any good tag team. I don't want to say there's not good tag teams, but there's not a real tag team that is just a tag team that's on the main roster. So um, if they keep Tucker and Otis together and if this is the way they win uh, the tag belts, I'd, I'd become more of a fan of them. I was not a fan of them at all in NXT. I was not a fan of them at all when they got caught up to the main roster. These comedy segments have made me a big fan of Otis. I'm probably going to get their elites when they come out. And they come with goofy tag belts, cardboard tag belts. So I think um, a good, good thing for them, have them cash in for some tag straps, and I'm all for it. What's your take? Well, I, I was shocked, and I did see what you're referring to about the whole cashing in for the tag titles. And only in the video game have you ever been able to cash in on any belt you wanted. So I, I feel that's interesting. It won't, it won't, it wouldn't be a waste of it because it's used in a different way. Because you can't really buy him beating uh, Braun or uh, McIntyre, really. So I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. Prep, give me your rate yeah, of money in the bank. Uh, slobber knocker. Yeah, it was good. Not great. Uh, money in the bank match. A lot of fun. Seth versus Drew doesn't get the credit that it should. Um, yeah, those were my standouts for real. The tag match was fun too, but nothing like. Like, we'll see a better tag match next week. <laughs> yeah, because I, I said that Drew and, and Seth, I think that if there was a crowd, that might could possibly be a match of the year candidate if it had a crowd. I thought the match was that good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought, like, the... I don't know if people hate the fact that the Money in the Bank match was, like, a lot of, like, mostly comedy. What you expect? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind it, though. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And then, like, we talked about it last week. Like, what if Otis won? And he did. Like, <laughs> The second boldest prediction on Matt Madness still to this day, the whole Zack Ryder IC title thing, is still number one. It will always be number one by C. Kane. All right, so we got a little figure segment for you guys tonight. So we're doing a six-match card. You can only use superstars once. And we're going to name off pay-per-view cards. So, who wants to go first? Shoot. Um, since we're doing six-match cards, how about everybody goes from their opener match, and right, then go we ahead. go around and get work our way up the card. Okay. All right. So, with the help of my best friend, I was booking Night of Champions Trophy Room. <laughs> trophy Room edition of Night of Champions where – Champions are championships are on the line all of the night except the opener where we have a trophy on the line. And since WrestleMania's Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal was canceled, we have a ten man battle royal opening the card. <laughs> we had where they're using any any great Kali basic, 
Any great NW- <laughs> The NWO giant elite. Which I have for you, Ayla. Yes, thank you. Um, the Swaggle and El Torito battle pack. So now we're at four people in the match. We have the Hall of Champions Diesel coming out. We have the Hall of Champions New Age Outlaws. Which that puts us at seven. Natural Disaster from then now forever. Earthquake and Typhoon. And then lastly, number 10, we have Viscera coming out from um, the upcoming Elite line. Him, him bringing out his Hardcore Championship. Diesel wins the Battle Royal. And when Viscera is the third to last person getting um, eliminated, um, R-Truth's new Basic comes out, pins him for the Hardcore title, and books oh, it out. Oh, my God. Well, I, I wasn't Who's that. Got cre- their next opener. I wasn't that creative as you were for my opener. I just have. Whole That's of- just an opener. Wait till I get going. Yeah. I, I now my, my the rest of my card is I think it's pretty nice. So, Hall of Champions, New Age Outlaws, versus Brood Hardy Boys Ringside Exclusives. All right. So, my pay per view, Matt Madness presents Maniacal. Maniacal. <laughs> <laughs> Theme music, Red by Chevelle. Oh, he had theme music. Oh, my God. <laughs> and my opener, WCW-style cruiserweight match, El Generico Micro Brawler versus Andrade Elite 74. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who you goes want- over? Andrade. All right, you want to do this counterclockwise, so you want to start the next one, Prep? Yeah. Uh, my next match is next another Latino. Hall of Fame Eddie Guerrero versus Austin Aries NXT Series 1. All right, so I have Elite 16 CM Punk versus WrestleMania 7 Defining Moment Macho Man. Ooh, the I was match. working on getting you one today. Where are you? But the guy wasn't writing back to me. <laughs> I can attest to it. I wrote to him on two different groups. Yeah, he I was not you. happy about it. All right. Um, my next. Oh, never mind. Aaron, you're up. I went. I said. You said Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you did. You said the hot one. I'm sorry, guys. Take it easy. Take it easy. I have a fatal four way elimination match for the European <laughs> Championship. We got Elite 33, X-Pac, defending his championship against the Chase, Pete Dunne, the then-now-forever, Tyler Breeze, and Tommy Dreamer Basic from his one-and-only Mattel figure from the Battle Pack. Oh, God. You really had to throw Tommy Dreamer in there. That messed the whole thing up. He won his hardcore title was the European belt, and just because you said that, he goes over and he wins the belt, wins the match. You're a new European champion, Mister Wednesday Night Live. Well, I'm turning that off. All right, so <laughs> my what? turn, right? No, unless you want me to go next. Since oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm all right. So reverse order now? Oh no, oh yeah. You, are we reverse or you want to go next? Well, everybody else went first. I'll go first next. Uh, all right, so I have an eight man tag team match. I have the fighting moments, Bret Hart, Hall of Fame Bulldog, Elite Neidhart, and Hall of Fame Pillman against 
the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, 71, Roddy, 72, and Fish and O'Reilly from the, the um, Moments Pack. Yeah. I got to know, know the... who, who wins. Who wins? Undisputed Era. <laughs> I'll take that, and then I'll do you another one. My one and only tag match. Brett. My one and only tag match, Undisputed Era Pack versus the New Day's Udio Pack. For the Matt Madness Trios title. <laughs> the Matt Madness Trios title. This is good. This is good. All right. All right. So I got my, my one women's match. We got Hall of Fame Trish Stratus defending her women's championship against Asuka. Asuka is uh, first in the line elite. Okay. All right. So my match is ringside collectible Stone Cold Steve Austin with the red vest. Bionic. Versus Elite 69 Tommaso Ciampa. Alright, my one and only women's match for the Matt Madness women's title. <laughs> Elite 34 page versus NXT Series 4 Ruby Riot. Okay. That, you, you know what? That's a lot of paleness. Yeah, yeah you know what? I just thought about because I forgot I had the Chase page. So I could have probably threw her in there with somebody. But, uh,. My next one, my next match is a, a barn burner. Uh, Hall of Fame Eddie Guerrero versus AEW Unrivaled One Kenny Omega. You're a mark for that one. <laughs> Am I up? Wait till you see yeah. my wait till you see my main event. <laughs> it's all a mark. Wait till you see my main event. I I got a barn burner for you. The NXT. Tag team titles on the line. The NXT Elite, not sure of the series, but you people should know which one it is. This is The Revival, aka Revolt, defending the NXT Tag Team Championship against AEW Unrivaled Young Bucks. <laughs> the best part is that in that interview, they never even met the Young Bucks, which I did appreciate. I, I did appreciate that as well. Right. It seems like they didn't even meet Cody either. Uh, they might have met him in NXT, but the whole fact that they didn't know the Young Bucks at all was amazing. So, in my co-main event, Zack Ryder Retro <laughs> versus Macho Man Hasbro Series 1. Oh, God. Glad it was against another Hasbro. I, I, wanted, I was waiting to see another disproportionate figure. I might, figure I might have to tag him in this. All right, I think is it my turn? I think so. Yeah, okay, so I got two matches left. Two? You mean one? No, two. Then it's mine because I'm not at the main. Okay. Yet. I got a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. The recent Chase Dolph Ziggler going up against the Ringside Collectibles NWO Lone Wolf Scott Hall. Where uh, Scott Hall would become the new Intercontinental Champion. All right, so my main event, as JR would say, for the heavyweight championship of the world and the rights to the throne. 
Ultimate Edition Triple H with Stephanie from Wilkomania versus unrivaled Cody Rhodes with Brandy. Marcus Jordan herself. <laughs> All right, my turn. My main event. Defining moments, Sting versus ringside collectibles, Straight Edge Society, CM Punk. I forgot all about that one. All right. I got a triple threat for the world's heavyweight championship. (laughs) You have WrestleMania Heritage, Triple H, with the purple trunks. You got the... Network Spotlight, AJ Styles from WrestleMania 32, I believe. Three. 33, sorry. Going up against the defending NWA World's Champion, the defining moments, Ric Flair. And I'm talking the old school defining moments. Black Black robe, blue trunk, blue boots. Ric Flair comes out. You have that autographed, right? Yep. Who goes over? Homage. He wins his uh, Holy Grail. Yeah, he goes over on mine, too. Sorry, Cody. <laughs> you didn't have to say that. I, I love it. Six matches. It's the only one you announced your winner. The, the match we all knew who won. All right. Last question for for this segment. Was there a match that was on the chopping block for you that, like, if you I had was going to start with a... What I was going to have a do? 24-7 opener, but there's no 24-7 belt yet. Yeah, I was going to have um, the latest Elite Miz versus MJF. Uh, that would have been good, yeah. I, I, did, I, did have, I did have one, but I, I used basically this is all Mattel list, except I have the one AEW Unrivaled, which the three of us have pre-ordered. I have the Young Bucks in it. I did want the main event to be Triple H versus uh, Nick Aldis for the title, but I was not putting a TNA Magnus figure in this <laughs> list. I think is does he even have a TNA? I remember figure? when I, I think he has yeah, a TNA I remember, figure. When I first started collecting figures, I remember Toys R Us used to have they. It was him, Angle, and like two other jabronis. Angle, no, I don't even think I saw Angle. I'm, I'm lying. I, Maybe there was an angle. I feel like it was always names I didn't know, but there was always a Magnus figure in their shelf warming. Heavy shelf warming. Is there any other, like, Ayla, have you gotten anything lately? No, because I'm all caught up when with the whole pandemic. Nothing's really been popping up anywhere. Uh, on ringside, the latest Elite set that came in, well, it's, it's, it's not in stock yet, but they got mock photos, so they'll be in pretty soon. But I'm all caught up on basically everything for the most part. The last thing I got was that Pete Dunn, and that was maybe like three weeks ago. Yeah. I guess figure-wise, I got that Andrade today from a good brother of mine. And he got me this fire Royal Rumble CM Punk basic. Still working on trying to finish the CM Punk collection. Mm. Uh, I took a detour and bought some belts. So <laughs> good. That's gonna happen. Good deals, by the way. Yeah, hell. Um, I was about to say something figure-wise too. Um, 
feel like something either I saw in store recently. Um, what was it? it was someone we were someone just said went in. It went I saw eight Kyrie's the other day on. <laughs> yeah, oh so man, like, Jesus I, Christ! I love that figure. Prep called me early in the pandemic, asked if I wanted paint, and I was like, you know what? I'll just wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I saw two Billies. I called him. I was like, we don't need it. And I was like, you know what? I don't really need these. Maybe I'll, I'll get a battle pack. And I just listened to them or the New Day's podcast. And I'm like, man, if I didn't have a customer coming in 40 minutes, I'd go take that ride and go get that Billy K. I, I don't know why you do that. It's in your yeah. face. Just get it. You know you're going to want it. It's like that every time with you. Yeah. Oh, now I remember what I was going to say. I, well, because I'm always trying to cut back. And it never lasts. Nope. But um, after watching the uh, – New, newest untold episode on the network between two of this cast uh, favorites with uh, Mick Foley and Triple H talking about their rivalry, which expanded from 97 to 2000, what they did for each other's career. I got my bestie's favorite figure of 2019. I ordered that um, Ultimate Edition Triple H. Pl- pretty excited to get that and a Cactus Jack Elite next to each other. But By the way, Dan, buy that shit. <laughs> Tell you right now, buy it. Why, why should we buy what? The tri- Eric called me saying Dan was up in the air about buying it. And Eric was, was like, "Look, I'll call Aaron right now. He'll tell you to buy. That's the best we, one. Buy it." Oh, I'm we not up in the air. Either. I just want a better price. <laughs> no, no, it was a, it was uh, with Dan. We were watching, and I was telling Dan, I was like, "This is the one to get because he's trying to pick like a dozen or so Lucy's right now." Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if you guys have noticed, and I don't know if it's because of the pandemic. This may change when everything starts restocking shelves, but I know that first two waves, the prices were up and down. Rhonda's kind of her, you know, Prep got lucky on Black Friday, but that that figure is like at retail almost now. Ultimate Warriors above retail. Brett and Shinsuke are at retail, and what was wave three? Was that Ballard and Triple H? Mm-hmm. Or? Yeah, that's, that, that hasn't even hit a lot of targets yet. Yeah, I well, a lot them. of the, I've seen them. I, I got mine from Target targets. for twenty seven, but like if you go on ringside, if you look at the Ultimate Edition series, almost everything's above re- uh, yeah, retail. Yeah, even uh, for example, like I I wanted the Carmella Basic, the Chase version, but even like that whole line of Basics was ridiculous. Like I think I know the Carmella, the the non Chase one was was twenty bucks on ringside. I'm sure the chase was that even the Triple H basic was like twenty bucks. So for, for whatever reason, everything is skyrocketing. Even on eBay, for example, like I understand the whole thing about the ringside exclusives. Like for example, like the ringside Nash that's selling there for years, and now like people yeah. want like a hundred bucks for it because I just realized I didn't that's have an NWO Nash, and I was like, let me, let me check about check on this, and I was like, really? This is a hundred fifty bucks. I'm looking at an autographed one right now. I wonder what he's going to charge for it. Even a loose one is ridiculous. I still need Olivia and Sonya. I might get her basic. All right. So is there anything else in the world of wrestling, guys? I got one thing. It's semi-figure related, but it's not completely. Question from Valentina. Why does Hornswoggle and AJ Styles look so much alike? That's a good kid. Does anyone have the answer? According to Angel, I look like Hornswoggle. Dude, that popped me so hard. 
She was so hard. She was so mad. She's like, she's like, she's like, you gonna steal my joke? No, I didn't steal your joke. I said you said it. Okay. I'm like, what? That, that looked like prep. I'm like, I know. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else? That was a great question, team, by the way. <laughs> all right so all right so that's it for the show next week's all about double or nothing and then the week after is all about the review so for act two fly Eric Trambicki, for josh prepagina i'm alo aaron lloyd and we will see you next week Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.